So my friends, in our sermon series, Bear Fruit, we are building on the foundational passage in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And this is where Paul shares the fruit of the Spirit. And our bear here, he holds a cluster of grapes. And that's just how I envision the fruit of the Spirit. It's a singular fruit made up of components, just like the cluster there is made up of several different grapes. So like me, it might help you to envision each of these individual grapes as the aspects of the fruit. And each week we will focus on one of these qualities that Paul lists here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so in the book of Galatians, Paul preaches how God calls us to live in freedom. And with Christ's sacrifice on the cross for our sins, we are now free to live in the Holy Spirit, to truly be right with God. And as free people then, the Holy Spirit blesses us with these. These are the characteristics of Christ. And like Christ, we can freely love in joy and peace. We can have patience along with the kindness and the faithfulness that only comes from the Father. We can reflect the goodness of God while being gentle with self-control. And for those who love God and who live in his spirit, these attributes or these grapes in the cluster of fruit, these attributes will grow within us as we grow in faith, as we find that we truly do belong to God. And as we choose to walk daily in his spirit. In Christ, we have this liberty. We are freed from sin and we are freed for service. We're set free from our own deserved condemnation. And therefore, we're set free from judgment and condemnation that we might have held others in if we did not know the forgiveness in Christ. To live in this sort of freedom, this kind of love drives us to love one another as Christ loves us. And by the Holy Spirit, all of the character of Christ is produced within each one of us. So today, we'll look at the attribute of love. And in the weeks to come, we'll ponder each one of these and how they're related and how we may bear fruit. As we live more and more into the fruit of the Spirit, we will look and we will act more and more like the image bearers that Christ created us to be. In fact, regarding love, Jesus says in the Gospel of John, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love 
one another. Let our demonstration of love for others be what characterizes us as believers. This fruit of the Spirit, it demonstrates spiritual maturity in the Christian life. Now, it's not a growth that's gonna be seen daily, per se. It's, it's not that noticeable and measured on a daily basis. But it is across an entire lifetime. And at the end of all things, who would decline being known for having the love of Christ? And without this first characteristic, love, it would be pretty difficult to display any of the other components. For example, would you share kindness or faithfulness with others if you didn't have love to begin with? Or do you exemplify patience and peace if Christ's love does not dwell and grow continually within you? This love is God's agape in the New Testament Greek. I preached on it a couple of weeks ago from Romans 12, when we bear one another's burdens. God's agape is sincere. It is genuine. It's authentic. It's the first aspect listed here in the fruit of the Spirit, and it means to serve someone for their good rather than seeking what that person brings to us. It is selfless, it is bold. And you know, the Greeks were blessed. They had several different words for the different ways that we can love. In English, there's just the one word, love. And it ends up being overused and it loses its greatest meaning. I deeply love my husband, our children, my daddy. I also love the mountains in Colorado and how the aspen turn in the fall. Of all of God's creation, I love the elephants of Kenya and their remarkable memory and emotions. And I love the flavor of a good, rare steak. In every case, I can use the English word for love to mean a variety of things, anything from passionate, deep love and emotion to appreciation or enjoyment. And depending on which dictionary you use, there could be up to 12 different meanings for the word love. But in this case, today, we are discussing God's unconditional agape love for us. God is completely love. His nature is summed up in this word. And in the first epistle of John, it's conveyed for us and our love for him and the love of Christians for others. So if you have your Bible with you, please open to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. It's almost at the end of your Bible, right before Revelation. We spent some time there. So turn back just a couple of pages, you'll find 1 John. I'm reading from the NIV, chapter four, verses seven through 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God 
because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So oddly enough, love is not mentioned very often in the Old Testament. And it's not a topic of discussion in the book of Acts, in the letter from James, or in the gospel according to Mark. Love rates a mention or two in places like Matthew's gospel or Luke's gospel, in the book of Hebrews, and in Revelation. So instead, where we find frequent mention and explanation of this, it's in the writings. The writings by Paul, by Peter, by Jude, and by the beloved disciple, John. These letters comprise the greatest evidence of love following Jesus once and for all sacrifice where he gave his life instead of ours. Love is at the heart of John's writings and especially in this first letter that he wrote to believers. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright says that the Christian faith grows directly out of and must directly express the belief that in Jesus the Messiah, the one true God has revealed himself to be love incarnate. Love incarnate, that's love with skin on. This must be the image that we bear. It must be our language, our motivation, our behavior. Accepting that fact is very convicting. In my own life, 
My daddy has loved me through thick and thin. I have disappointed him and I have made him proud. He thinks the absolute world of my husband and our children are the apple of his eye. And as he struggles now with dementia and with health issues, it is very important that I now take care of him, that I love him through thick and thin, through the times that he remembers and the times that he no longer knows through moments of anger, you know, and, and frustration at this dementia, and then times of affection and laughter. And as daddy loved and cared for me in Christ's love, I am compelled to demonstrate that for him, my earthly father, goodness and imperfections and all. And on a greater scale, greater than we can humanly Imagine our heavenly father first loved us, goodness and imperfections and all. And so we're to take that kind of love and lavish it on others. Jesus is agape love with skin on. And as believers who hold to this faith and we embrace it for our hope, we must reveal this same love to the entire world. This world is watching and waiting. They're wondering to see what we're going to do if we're going to do anything. There are many non-believers, unchurched people, people who are de-churched, meaning they have left the church. Many who expect us as Christians to just sit in judgment, who expect us to wound them again, who expect us to be anything but loving. The beloved disciple writes that the Christian community, the church with a capital C, that we must bear love to them so that they will know who we really are. And most importantly, so that they'll know who our God really is. It's easier to say this than to do this. And yet the rule of love is, it's not an option for us. And in our commitment to this faith, there's not an optional checklist. Yes, I'll take the love of Jesus, but no, I don't wanna do anything with it. Love exudes the very essence of what we're about. And as good Presbyterians, we're reformed and we're always reforming. We may need to evaluate this in our own lives. We may need to make some new reformations about what Jesus' command to love one another really means for us. God's love is revealed to us precisely in his sending of Jesus, his only son, into the world to be the sacrifice that would atone for our sins. And when we sit at the foot of the cross and we look at this and we gaze and ponder the length to which God has gone for us. Oh, unless, unless we're hard-hearted, it's impossible to ignore the power of that agape Love, that's the force, that's the motivation 
that has most significantly impacted the world. And the love of God can still change the world if the followers of this faith will truly embrace it and share it. You know, the words just roll off our tongue pretty easily. We love God, we love our neighbors, we change the world. It's simple to say, but sometimes it's a challenge to do when our neighbors or when the world, it's not necessarily like us. They may look different, sound different. They may have a different faith or no faith at all. Neighbors are not always in the same socioeconomic category. They're not all for the same politics or history or the way things ought to be. And God loves everyone, every human. He knows every hair on our heads, every thought in our minds, every action on our hearts. And yet, he still gave up his only son anyway so that the likes of us can be with him forever. Can we not extend that kind of love to one another? Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. And John's statement here is stronger than it might appear at first glance. You might hear it thinking, oh, there now, God has set an example and we should copy it. Well, that's true, I and mean, we should. We should always demonstrate love for one another. But couple this together, this verse 11, bring in verse 12 to understand a greater depth here. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And in the first chapter of his gospel account, John wrote that beautiful prologue. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And as you continue through that prologue, he closes with verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. Kinda looks familiar there. Jesus Christ is love. His relationship to his heavenly father is the closest relationship we can ever fathom. No matter how close I am to my daddy, and I'm his only child daughter, so that's a tight relationship. So no matter how close he and I humanly are, the interwoven bond between God the Father and Jesus the Son is more than we can imagine. And that kind of love will only be made evident to this world when it is made complete in us. When we surrender to that kind of love, when we believe it, when we receive it from our Father God and then we express it selflessly to others, only then can we understand the sacrifice the willingness, the hope of Christ, our Savior. Conversely, if we are 
unwilling to do this, to receive God's love for us and then pour out this love for others, then we are unwilling to know God. If we do not love one another, truly, selfishly, unselfishly, without, without criticism, without judgment, just flat out love someone because God made them, then we do not know God or love God. And I know that sounds harsh. I know that's very convicting. What if, what if I don't love someone because their skin is different than mine? What if I don't love someone because their gender or their politics or their tastes are different than mine? Did I create that person? Do I have the right to judge and criticize? And why not? I'm good at it. I'm good at differentiating, categorizing, organizing, criticizing. And yet what I'm judging is not mine. What I'm judging is God's very creation. So instead of pointing myself to that position, why not see them as God sees and love them as God loves? Will that not express the real root of my faith better? And just look at what it frees me up to do. To love like this is to live out joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. We don't know who God really is until we look at Jesus. And other people don't know who God really is until they see him revealed in our Christian lives. Verse 12 states, until his love is made complete in us, only then will they glimpse how important our faith is to us and how much we hope they come to know Christ as well. The work that God began in Jesus, in his earthly ministry, in his life, and in his death, God wants to continue that through us. Jesus unveiled God. He made a hurting world aware of God and his agape love, his forgiveness, his desire to be in relationship with every one of us. That steadfast love is so very important that we must make today's world aware of it. And that is only going to happen through the work of the Holy Spirit. God's spirit enables us to bear witness to what our heavenly father has done by mercifully sending his son to us. So by bearing witness to others, we're taking action on what we believe. We're taking action on what we have received from God, his love. And that task could sound daunting if we were supposed to go this all alone, but we don't have to. John reassures us in verses 16 through 18 that when God's love abides in us and we abide in him, there is nothing to fear in this. Whether it's stepping out boldly in our faith here on earth or if it's judgment day in heaven with our creator, God's perfect love fills us up and enables us to 
without fear. So give over to him your doubts, your fears, your trepidation, all of it. Give it over to God and then watch what he will do through you. In my deepest needs, in my greatest vulnerability, when I finally gave over my fear to God that he couldn't really forgive me, that's the day when my life changed. And from that day on, when I truly felt forgiven, I saw others not so much through my critical lens, but through the lens of Jesus Christ. And knowing that God could forgive the likes of me, well, that was proof that God forgives everyone. And if he does forgive me and he forgives others, then I'm driven to be forgiving. If he does love me and he does love others, then I'm driven to love. And this behavior is not something that I have to do or that I'm blessed to do just because I'm a pastor. The Holy Spirit comes with this just welling up inside me and it pours out to others especially when I'm in tune with God and recognizing his agape love for me. I'm a work in progress, and so are you. When you faithfully trust in God's all-powerful, always-present, all-conquering love, then you will have more love and joy and peace for those around you. People will notice that you have greater patience and kindness and goodness to share. Gentleness and faithfulness and self-control will be characteristic of your nature, of your personality. The fruit of the Spirit will blossom in your life because of God's perfect love and through the Holy Spirit's work. And that display will be so attractive to those who do not yet know Christ. So much more appealing for them to accept God's love than if we're in judgment or criticism. When we give ourselves to others as God gave himself to us, there is nothing to be afraid of. The reformer Martin Luther said instead that we are compelled to exercise ourselves in grace. When we extend grace and mercy to others, it's because we know how desperately we have needed God's grace and mercy ourselves. When we understand this, then we love because God first loved us. So when we ponder this cross, when we gaze upon it, and we remember everything that God has done for us in Jesus Christ, we see the most powerful love anyone could ever imagine. Only God's powerful love can keep us upright in the storms of life, in the dangers of temptation. God's love pouring out through us to our neighbors, and in turn, this love empowering us to live out the rest of the fruit of the Spirit with joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. To God be all the glory and praise. Amen? Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, commit to us upon our hearts your heavenly word. Empower us to act on what we believe, to share Christ with others, with just one other someone. Let us be the love that you share. Let us put hands and feet on that. Let us be love with skin on everywhere we go. Let us take that now from this place as we depart and carry that with us throughout the week. Bless us, Lord, to demonstrate more and more the fruit of your spirit. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.